So you called us in the middle of a series that we entitle Our House, where we're talking about what's important to us here at Next Level Church. My name is Doug, and, and I'm one of the pastors, and, and I'm really excited to be a part of this message series, and particularly sharing uh, this key value uh, that's important to us here at Next Level Church. If you've missed the last couple weeks, I really encourage you to go back and uh, catch those messages. They're so important. Uh, though each one kind of stands alone, they're all together uh, because uh, it's important if you're going to be the kind of person that says, hey, um, uh, Next Level's my church, uh, I think it'd be really important to know what's important to that church and to be trying to live those values out. And so that's why uh, we're sharing these things today and, uh, and, th and this week and this series and uh, this entire month. And so thank you for being here and thank you for being along. So Pastor Clay, two weeks ago, kind of took a little short tour down memory lane and talked about how Next Level Church was established and, and that as uh, our, the, the founding pastor, Dan Sutherland, sat around a camp uh, fire uh, talking to people, talking to other pastors that, hey, Charlotte doesn't need just another church. They need a, a different kind of church, a different kind of church, a church that is going to reach people who are far, far away from God. And so Next Level was birthed out of that idea. And you can go back and listen to Pastor Clay. Now, I wasn't there at that campfire. I wasn't there around that fire hanging out with those guys. But it wasn't but about a year later that I joined up and began to be part of uh, of Next Level Church. And, and so in one of the very first meetings that we had uh, in terms of our, uh, we didn't call it a membership, but if you really wanted to, to know about Next Level, if you really wanted to get plugged in, we had this event that we called Starting Point. And Starting Point was a, uh, was a time to, that was where you started at. And so, uh, and there we shared three key values, which were uh, live, give, and connect. And so we wanted to, to uh, live life together. Uh, we wanted to give ourselves away, give love away, and uh, we wanted to connect people to Jesus and to the church. And so those were the three key values, and, and, and those values are still important for us today because we talked about then living life together, and we talk about it now and it's super important to us. And so here's what we said then, and this is what we mean now. Because we believe in more than just a once-a-week, large-crowd type of church experience. That's right. We believe in more than what's taking place right here. We believe in more than what's taking place uh, right where you're sitting at. And what you're doing, this is being a part of Next Level Church is to be part of more than just this experience. Now, for 16 years, that value hasn't changed. It hasn't gone anywhere. Let, let me, we believe, we believe in more than this experience. The one that you're having right now, we believe in more than that. And more than that, as we're going to talk about today, is being together in a smaller group. You see, here's what it is. Circles are way better than rows. We believe that. We believe that people sitting in a circle together in a small group environment is way better than sitting in a row. So if you, if you were in a building 
and, and you were sitting in our building right now, you would be sitting in a row. You'd have people in front of you, people behind you, and you really wouldn't be interacting with the people. You'd just be listening to me just like you are right now. And we believe church is much more than that. And we believe that, that getting in a circle, getting with people is way better than ours. Matter of fact, we haven't said this in a long time, but I'm going to say it again. I hope I don't get in trouble. <laughs> but here's the deal. If people, you, anybody whose schedule was so full and so busy, and you had to choose between the what we refer to as the Sunday morning experience, or you had to choose between this or being in a small group just from a sheer time perspective, we're going to look at you and go get in that small group because it's way more important. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't important. This is super important. This is very important. But if you had to choose, and I know a few people that have that kind of time constraint, but if you had to choose, we're going to look at you and say, choose to be in a circle. Now you might be asking, why in the world do you have this much emphasis on being in a circle? Why in the world would that be so, so important? Why don't you take a look at this? This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, picking up in verse 26. So, when you gather together for worship. Now, let me, let me insert here that this can be gathering together in a small group. Because it makes much, much sense in a small group. When you gather together for worship, because that's what happens in a small group when you gather together, you're worshiping. Each one of you, that is everybody, should be prepared with something that will be useful for everybody else. So you come to that group meeting prepared for something useful. You can sing a hymn. You can teach a lesson. You can tell a story. You can lead a prayer. You can provide an insight. All that's taking place in a small group. Then it moves on to say, take your turn. No one person talking over the other. Then each speaker gets a chance to say something special from God. So when you're sharing together, as we, think, as we move away from this, instead of this, you think of a speaker like what I'm doing right now, think in terms of simply sharing within a group context, everyone gets a chance to say something special from God. How God is uniquely speaking to them through that particular scripture and what God is saying. And the, here's the big deal. And you all learn from just a speaker? No. We learn from each other. We learn from each other. And this is what takes place in a small group. You can't, you can't get that experience on a video. I'm just going to be honest with you. You can't do that. You can't get this experience if, if you were in the building and you were sitting in a row. You don't get this experience. It doesn't happen. It's not there. That's why we say small groups are so important. You see, there's another reason. There's another reason that small groups are so important. A healthy small group is important. And here's why. We talk about your story being safe right here. And we believe that. Everybody is welcome 
No matter where you've been, no matter what you've been through, you're going to find out more people saying, me too, here, than maybe anywhere else. And it doesn't matter uh, in, in how you think about it, if it's super bad, if it's super good, if it's super awful. It just Your story is your story, and that is welcome. But see, here's the deal about our story being welcome here. We don't stay in that one story. Part of Next Level's DNA is to rewrite a new story. Part of that new story is is you now have Jesus in that story. Before, Jesus wasn't there. And then you bring that story here, and yes, you're accepted right where you are. And yes, you'll be accepted as you're rewriting the story too. We all accept each other. But we are in process of rewriting that story. In the New Testament... The phrase is maturing in your faith. You don't stay where you are with Jesus. You you rewrite the story. You mature in your faith. Take a look at this. Here's the best, best way I know how to explain it out of the book of Hebrews. He starts by saying there's much more we would like to say about this. Now, you'd have to go back and read the context of this, and this was talking about Jesus and a, and a priesthood, and, and I don't have time to get into that in this moment, but simply to say there was more to talk about that subject matter of Jesus, understanding who he is and what he did and what he does. And he says there's much more we'd like to talk about, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull And don't seem to listen. Now, who's he talking to? Is he talking to people who don't know Jesus? Uh Uh-uh. No. He's talking to people who know Jesus. He's talking to people that that hang out and and have, have accepted Jesus and would consider themselves Christ's followers. And he's looking dead at them and saying, listen, you've become dull. You're not listening. He said, you've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. You ought to be leading others. You you ought to be in a leadership role teaching people who are brand new to the faith. He said, instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's Word. The rudimentary things. The beginning things. You You need to understand that Jesus loves you. And you need to understand that your story's safe here. Well, that's great. But we don't stay right there. We rewrite the story. That's what this is talking about. And so when we stay right there, this is what's happening. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. I mean, that's pretty tough, right? But, but it's, that is how it's defined. And that's how it's talked about. That's why the word maturity. When we accept Christ spiritually, we're a baby. When we cross that line of faith, we're a baby, and there's a growth process that takes, a, that takes place. But he's saying you can't do it because you're still stuck on these rudimentary things, these basic things, instead of moving forward. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. See, there's the, there's the pinch. There's the rub. You don't know 
how to live out God's plan. You don't know how to live out God's path. We, don't, we, we get stuck where we are and we don't know how to live these things out. We don't know how to distinguish between right and wrong because we're stuck right at the beginning spot. To understand God's plan for our lives, to understand that God has a better way, a better plan for us. He said, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. People who, who've grown in that, people who are learning, people, people who are in a small group where you're sharing with each other and you're sharing these insights together and you're learning from that and, and you're taking next steps in your journey with Jesus and you're rewriting your story, you've learned that. And so you're able to recognize the difference between right and wrong. You're able to recognize God's path and God's plan and His purposes. You're able to see that. But, but if we stay right where we are and, and we just say, hey, the one story and the only story I want to hear is that this is a safe place and Jesus loves me and that's great and that's all I need to know, there's more to it than that. There's more to it. You see, in a small group, you have the opportunity to ask questions. If you are in this room and even right here on the video, you can't stop and ask questions. You can't ask me a question. If you were in the room, you couldn't ask me a question. That's just that's not the way how it works. You can't do that. You can't interact with, with, with one another. Now, I don't know if you realize this from a small group dynamic, but you get the larger the group, the larger the group of people, whether it be a board of some sort or, or a small group experience, the larger the group, the less you share and the more you make a point. Because you know you've got one, you got a couple of minutes to make your point and move on. And you're making a point instead of sharing transformation and so the smaller the group you're more apt to share it's just just this basics of group dynamics and so we believe that in a group we begin to be trained and we learn and we grow and we're able to understand God's path and we're rewriting our story take a look at what Jesus said new commandment I give to you this is Jesus that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, I could spend 45 minutes talking about this one verse. And I don't want to get lost there. Here's what I want to focus on today. One another. Jesus talks about it three times. One another. One another. We're to love one another. People will know we're his disciples if we love one another. It's one another. Matter of fact, this one another, two words in the English language, is one word in the Greek language. One word. And that one word is mentioned over a hundred times in the Greek New Testament. 
a hundred times. And with that hundred times of this one word mentioned, there are roughly 58 some odd commands. Some, some say 52, some say 59. Somewhere in that ballpark, there are 50 to 60 commands about what we should do to one another. Not only is it positive things, but there's also about seven or eight negative one another's. Let me run through just a couple. Love one another. Care for one another. Bear one another's burdens. Be devoted to one another. Teach one another. Live in harmony with one another. Build one another up. Pray for one another. Confess your faults to one another. And then there's a couple of negative ones. Stop passing judgment on one another. That's a command. All these were commands. Don't grumble against each other. All these are commands. These are things that we need to do. These are commands that God says, hey, this is my plan for you. This is what I want you to do. I've got a plan. And when the minute that we buy in and we rewrite our story and we go that I've tried it my way, I've tried my plan, my plan wasn't working, I'm willing to accept God's plan. And when we accept God's plan, when we buy into God's plan and we start living that plan out, then we find the full and meaningful life. Because we're in the middle of his plans. See, there's a premise here that, 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 that we come to recognize that God's ways are way higher than my ways. His wisdom is way, way smarter than my wisdom. His insights are way above my insights. And if I'm willing to accept that, then I'm willing to look to him and say, show me your way. And he shows us all these one another's if we simply started there. So let me ask you a question. Can you really do one another if you're sitting there all by yourself? No, no, there's some people together. And that's really cool. Some of y'all together in a small group. You got a small group right there, and I and I commend you for that. We got some folks uh, I know for sure up in Wisconsin. I know we got some folks out in Idaho. I know that we got some folks down in New Orleans. We got some folks all over. We got some folks in a couple of different countries, and 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 we're glad because we know that some of you are gathering together, and you're a small group experiencing this, and that's awesome. But let me ask this question. If you're sitting there by yourself, how can you do all these one another's if you're by yourself? I mean, I would ask the same thing for people if we were in the room. Can you do that by yourself? Can you, can you love one another? Can you care for one another? Can you be devoted to one another? Can you build each other up if you're all by yourself? I don't know. If this is God's plan, how do we execute it if we choose to live life all by ourselves? Take a look at this. It's all about one another. It's all about one another. And the reason it's about one another is summed up right here. Just as our bodies have many parts... 
When you look at the body, okay, don't look too closely at my body. If you look at my body, I got feet, I got knees, I got legs, I, I, I've got a chest, I got a heart inside of here, uh, I've got arms, I got fingers. Okay, you get the picture. I got a body. Just as the bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function. Man, I like that. Special. My little toes got a special function. My little fingers got a special function. My ears have a special function. All these things. So it is with the church, Christ's body. So it is with the church. We're many parts of one another. We all have these special functions. And we all belong to each other. Oh, by the way, each other is that word, Greek word, one another, right there, by the way. But look at this word. This word right here is belong. We belong to one another. Man, I, I, mean, I want you to sit on that word, belong. I want you to sit on that word. I, I have a small group, a small group of guys that we meet. We meet around the fire. We, uh, 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 tobacco's welcome, not required. And, and, and we meet, and we belong. And, and so when I walk in that group, that's my group. And all the guys in that group go, that's my group. Why? Because I belong in that group. I belong in that group. I have a place in that group. I belong there. They know my name. I belong there. They know my story because I belong there. They know my successes because I belong there. They know my failures because I belong there. I belong in that group. I mean, and, and, and so, man, just think about what that does in, your, in our psyche, within our heart, in our ability to walk out in our journey with Jesus and rewrite our story. I belong to a group of people who are rewriting their story together with me. We're, we're on this journey together, and we're with one another because we belong to one another. And I want to tell you, personally, I can only speak for me personally, but I get a great amount of satisfaction knowing there's a group of people that I belong to. So let me ask you a question. Do you have that in your life? Where there's a real sense of belonging? If you don't, can I suppose to you, can I propose to you that you take a step to belong to a small group? Here's why. Here's why a small group is so powerful. From the book of Philippians, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another, there's that word again, one another, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own interests, personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Imagine this, you walk into the group and that group is interested about you. 
They want to hear your story. They want to hear about you. They want to listen to your life because your life matters, because your story matters, because your situations matter, because you matter, and because your hurts matter, because your disappointments matter, because your losses matter, because your successes matter. Do you get the point? You matter. And when you walk into a group, a group functions properly when it looks at each other and says, your interests are more, more, more important than my own. And there's mutual edification that takes place. Because my group is not about me, it's about everybody in my group. And they say the same. And when you're in that kind of environment, that's why it works. I mean, let me ask you this question. Do you have a small group of people you can tell your story? Do you have a small group of people you can be transparent with? I mean, we all hide these things, and anything hidden stays in the dark, and we feel shame about it. We carry shame, and we carry grief, and we carry heartache because we just don't want to talk about it, because we're embarrassed to talk about it. But when you get into a healthy group where your story is safe and we're rewriting our journey, you can share all that stuff and move forward in your life, and we wouldn't need to pay for counseling though some people really need it I'm not demising the counseling industry at all I'm just saying for some of us in the church if we got together with other believers and we shared we would be light years ahead in our journey with Jesus I'm not saying that would supersede the counseling that we need to receive because there's some things that a professional counselor can deal with that a group can't. Absolutely. And we need to go get help for that. Absolutely. So again, do you experience this? Is this something in your life? Do you experience it? So, so I've been doing groups for a very long time. I've been leading groups for a long time, not personally leading a small group, but also leading it in the context of a church. And here's what I've seen over the years. I've seen people avoid burnout. I've seen people avoid derailment. I've seen people who, who avoided making superly bad decisions in their life. I've seen people to be able to share their, find a group of people they could share their successes in and know that there wasn't anybody sitting in the group going, man, I wish I was like that. No, they were rejoicing with them. No envy within the group. I've seen people bypass defeat in the group. A few years ago, I was asked, as the, as the uh, group, small group ministry pastor, I was asked to conduct a vow renewal ceremony for this married group. Uh, this particular group, was they, they come together because they were married couples, and they wanted to renew their vows. Some of them, the earliest one was like three years, and I think the longest one was like nine, maybe ten. And so all these couples, they got together, and I had this great opportunity to go through a vow renewal ceremony. It was very significant for them. But, you know, I didn't realize how significant that was for them until 
they begin to tell me a little bit more. Because you see, there were three couples in there that had infidelity in their marriage. And they brought their failures to the group. The group loved them and encouraged them. They got some outside counseling. And they were able to mend their marriage and be there for that day to renew their vows in a robust, meaningful way. That happened in a group. Let me tell you about another group. I was in another church, and I led this uh, class, uh, this event called Starting Point. Now, wasn't Starting Point was for people who were new to the faith, people who uh, had questions about the faith, people who were coming back to the faith. And so uh, that, that we had a lot of people. We had, we had people who had questions. We had people who just accepted Jesus. We had people who grew up in church and were now coming back and, and wanted to know, understand more about Jesus. Start, we call it starting point. Inside this one class that we had, this one group, uh, there were three men that their wives literally drugged them to church. And somehow their wives drugged them into this small group experience. And I had the real joy through the things that we talked about in that small group and everybody sharing their story. Man, we were all over the place. That three of those guys crossed the line of faith. They became believers in Jesus. Now, you, oh, you, well, okay, that's supposed to happen, da-da-da. I don't know what you're saying right now, but I say that's pretty cool. I said, but here's the rest of that story. I was able to get those three guys to come to another. I had a fire pit group, same way, tobacco welcome, not required. They came in and got plugged in couple of years after being in that group, two of those guys died. Yeah, that was hard. They died at separate times, separate reasons, totally separate of each other, but nevertheless, they died. I walked with the family along with the group to the best they were able. They walked through with their own grief uh, they walked through the healing process, the grieving process. We had uh, the, the, the final ceremony, which was out by uh, the graveside for both of these guys. And there was my group. And, you know, I thought, you know, I'm up there, you know, I'm the preacher, right? And so I'm thinking, man, that's really cool. They came, they're going through their own grief, they're supporting the family. You know, I just went through all that. And to a man, after... After the graveside service, to a man, they came to me and said, Hey, man, I just wanted to be here for you. Wow. I didn't expect that. They wanted to be here for me? I mean, I know I'm like, you know, the preacher guy, and I'm supposed to be doing this, but they were here for me because they recognized how emotionally tied I was to these guys because they were in my group, and they were there for me. Wow, I was absolutely blown away. That's the kind of stuff that takes place in a group.
I've seen that kind of care. I've seen people, hey, Ann, I lost my job. Hey, I got a job in my business. Here, reach out to this person. Or I know somebody's hiring, and they actually find a job. I've seen that happen. I mean, you'd be surprised of the, all the connections that take place in the life of a group, from the, the immense care to the immense support to even the, 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 the sharing of successes. I had one businessman in a group that, that found a way to go and build his website. He was needing some help, and somebody in the group knew somebody who was able to help him take care of that. That was pretty cool. You get all kinds of stuff in a group. See, here's what I, I, I'm trying to say. I see so many people grow and mature in their faith because they're in a group. But I'm also sad to say that I see so many people who buy into my story is safe and they stay right there in their story and 10 years later, they're in the same place. And the majority of those people are not in a group. That's what I see. That's exactly what I see. So, let me ask you this question. If this is God, one another is, is God's plan for us. If, it's, if that's God's plan, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to get involved in God's plan? Man, that's a simple question. Wouldn't you want to get involved with God's plan? Now, if I asked you to raise your hand, I know there's probably nobody around you. But if I asked you to raise your hand, hey, I want, I want to take a next step. I, 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 want, to, I want to take a next step with Jesus. I, I want to do that. If I asked you to raise your hand, how many people would raise their hand? I want to take a next step. But I wonder if this is really true. I wonder if this statement is really true. Direction, not intentions, determine your destination. I got all the good intentions to take a next step with Jesus. Here's my question. Direction, not intention, determine your destination. You want to take a next step? Do you want to do that? Hey, let me be clear. Let me be really crystal clear. Just because you get in a group, doesn't is the, the group itself, the group life itself is not the next step. The group is an environment. Just like you're in an environment right now. The group is an environment that opens up the door of opportunity to rewrite your story and take a next step. Let me be clear, there's no way possible for us to do one another all by ourselves. Can't do it. Can I take next steps without being in a small group? Certainly. You certainly can. I'm not saying you can't do that. But what I'm saying is in my experience over the last 40 plus years, I've seen more people take next steps in their journey with Jesus, rewrite their story in their journey with Jesus, who've been plugged in with a small group of people versus people who aren't. One last disclaimer. 
You don't have to be in a group of 20. You don't have to be in a group of 15. You don't have to be in a group of six to do one another. Two or three people can be one another. Absolutely. Doesn't have to be some big group. Doesn't have to be some big. If you're meeting to worship, if you're meeting uh, to take a look at God's word, if you're meeting to share God's word, if you're meeting to share your life, if you're meeting so that all of you can take your next steps with Jesus, then you're a small group. Because you can do, you can sing in that small group. You can you can have communion in that small group. Uh, you can actually be baptized in that small group without ever venturing inside the four walls of a church building. Oh, yeah. The group provides the environment to take a next step. So, now what? Now what? What's the now what? I've given you a whole so what. So what's the big idea? So, so what's this all about? Now what? Sign up for a group. If you're local to our area, sign up for a group. We have groups that are still open. You go to our website on the events page, you can, you can find a group. Go to our website, go to the event page. See, here's the deal. We believe small groups are this incubator to help us to rewrite our story. Small group puts us in an environment for us to take a next step with Jesus. And good intentions don't get me my next steps with Jesus. Establishing direction helps me take those next steps with Jesus. So I hope and pray that you'll find somewhere, somehow, to be in a small group of people. If you need some help, you can email me, Doug, D-O-U-G-I, at nextlevelchurch.org. Or you can simply go down to our website. There's an info at nextlevelchurch.org and put in there, I want to talk to Doug. And I will talk to you no matter where you are. And I'll help you find a group. Because it's that important. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. That you have a plan that's better than our plan. Thank you that it, that involves one another. One another doesn't mean that, that these people are going to be all up in my business, all at my house all the time. It doesn't mean that, but it certainly means that I can find some friends. It certainly means that I can rewrite my story with people who are rewriting their very own. Because you are a God that wants us to move forward in our journey with Jesus. So I pray you'll help all of us, all of us, to find a small group and to get plugged in so that we could take next steps with Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you again uh, for being a part of this. If you have uh, received any benefit from this, if you have um, uh, found some joy in this, if you found some hope in this, if, it, if this ministry has touched you in any way, I want to invite you to give. Because here's the deal. People gave so that we could be with you today. They gave to make this happen. And so you can give 
for people just like you who, are, who want to see this happen in the context of their lives. So you can give. Go to our website. You'll see give. You can click give. How to give is right there. Simple. It's easy. You can make that happen. But know that your giving is impacting people's lives in a huge way. Also, another way you can, can help your neighbors and friends is to like us. Like us, uh, go, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, whatever. You can be a part of there, like us, and then share that. Simply share this message with your friend who you think needs it. And that would be an awesome thing for us. It would be an awesome thing for them. Now, by way of benediction, I want to share this thought with you. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. It is my prayer for you that you will do this and you will find people who will do this to you so that you can rewrite your story in the name of Jesus. You guys have a great week. Thank you very much.